You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, uh, I'm going to be joined by David Sudharma, who's the Associate Director of Cruise Pro- uh, Digital Product and Technology Team, and Christy Johnson, who's the Executive Director of Advancement and Digital Products at AIA. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here. So can you guys tell our listeners a little bit about your experience uh, in the ministry space and maybe share uh, where you got started, how you got to where you are, and um, share a little bit about what you guys are spending your time doing now, both at Crew and AIA? So um, I've been with Crew for a little over three years, three and a half years or so, and uh, my role has changed quite a few times, but I think that's actually... um, helpful to know because it's very indicative of the space um, that I serve in and I'm kind of sitting in a position where our department or our team is positioned as a central kind of hub for technology within the organization. Um, Technology is one of the pieces. There's also a significant marketing piece. Um, Our organization's communication center sits within um, our department as well. So technology is a little bit of a a misleading name. There's a lot of different things that happen. Um, And so as a space has changed, obviously, as trends have changed, but then also organizationally, as as we have refined and continue to clarify how we're going about accomplishing the mission of, in a simple form, building up disciples um, and then teaching them and helping equip them to multiply and train up other disciples. It's one side of the mission, and then the other side is um, introducing people to Christ through the gospel, of course. So responding to all of those things has really caused us to continue to um, grow and and kind of need for adapting constantly to um, the realities of, of accomplishing that mission. So that's a nutshell of what I've been doing. So uh, managing and leading in in um, in in crew around those things. Awesome. And Christy, how about you? David, did you want to say anything about before crew? Sure. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> sure. So prior to crew, um, I have been a solopreneur and then an agency owner um, in some digital marketing space, software development type things. Um, did that for about maybe 10 or 11 years right after college. Um, interesting fact, I grew up as a missionary kid in Indonesia, which is where my parents are from, but then we moved there. We moved back there when I was uh, in elementary school. So spent part of my childhood in Indonesia. Um, and I think I, I got involved with crew first in college um, through crew's international student ministry called Bridges. Um, so that was my first uh, introduction to Crew, uh, the student ministry, which many people know as Campus Crusade for Christ. So that's how um, I got introduced and have stayed both as a volunteer and contributing in different ways um, to Crew, and then um, eventually uh, became part of Crew staff. So that is my 
short version of a journey. That's awesome. Um, so I have been with AIA, AIA for three years and change. So we probably started right at the same time, David, and didn't even know it. We did. I guess so. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so my journey with Athletes in Action, which is a part of Crew right. um, in the U.S. and globally, um, I didn't know that when I started with AIA, but I found it out shortly <laughs> after. Um, is I actually came in the door in HR, and uh, my background is in training, volunteer training, risk management, um, coaching, and screening of volunteers, which translated really easily into HR hiring um, mm-hmm. process, stuff like that. Um, and then shortly after that, joined AIA's fund development team. And then in the last year have come over to kind of help merge a couple of different teams into what we call advancement and digital products, um, really to help our organization have a unified vision and engagement with external audiences so that um, if it's in fundraising or in general marketing or even in the technologies that support that engagement that we want to have a unified and cohesive team and strategy across those three sometimes very separate um, functions of the organization. So I've been doing that for the last year. Okay. Um, Yeah. Very cool. Uh, My next question is a loaded question and we could do an entire episode on this, but what, um, and so maybe, maybe, answer this with just a single example if you can, but what has been some of the hardest or one of the hardest lessons you guys have learned working within ministry now that you guys have both about been there three plus years, I'm sure you've seen some um, difficulties or some hard lessons that you've had to go through. (laughs) This is, is, it is, it's very difficult to answer. And I feel like Christy and I probably have over, overlapping experiences in um in the hard things space <laughs> inside of um just realities i think there's um so uh, maybe different people out there know or don't know much about crew cruza is a gigantic organization so globally there's seventeen thousand staff or so um and i think there's quite a few of the ministries of crew um, that are not that don't use the label crew that many will know, such as athletes in action. If you've been um, in a collegiate sports environment, I think it's, it's very known in that space. Um, mm-hmm. Family life, which has the um, famous marriage conferences called Weekend Tree Member. There's the Jesus Film Project, which does a lot of different things, but the Jesus Film is the most translated, or I think that's the right word, translated um, film in existence today, like not just of Christian films, but any film. So I think those are some of the things and there's, um, ministries like gain, which is very focused on kind of humanitarian type work and hands and feet type, um, ministry. And Mm -hmm. there's a variety of different things out there, but I think within that, um, I think leading inside of a large organization brings a lot of complexity, right? So, um, I, I think that is where, um, 
at times it seems like there's competing goals and priorities. However, at the heart of each of those goals and priorities is actually the same priority, which is the Great Commission, right? Which is what our organization is built on. So I think it's a lot of um, communication is certainly a significant piece. And then um, I I think a a piece that seems to be top of mind for me is figuring out how to go places together. And by that, I just mean instead of trying to develop something, some strategy or, you know, some tactic over here in one part of the organization and then take kind of a sales approach of selling that idea back to the organization or different teams or divisions. Um, that, I, I've certainly tried that approach and it doesn't doesn't seem to work very well because it's my, it's exactly that. It's my idea that I'm trying to bring to other people. Um, but learning how to come alongside with others and learning how to, um, develop the direction and develop the future together uh, takes a lot longer, but I would say hands down yields much, much better results and fruit um, as a result of taking the time uh, to do that work. So I myself am very much learning. There are many others in the organization who are, are, are way better at that than I am. But that's been both my biggest joy is seeing those things happen and then also probably my biggest pain is the the time and process to get there. Now within that does does crew provide like training for their leaders on that people focused uh, approach rather than task focused strategy? Are, are they leading their leaders yeah, crew, in, crew, in crew training does. of that? Crew has a few diff- yeah, Chris has a few different frameworks that it um that it uses, and you'll kind of see different ways that they're applied within crew. But one that um, comes to mind immediately is the Building Powerful Ministry Teams framework, uh-huh. uh, which was developed by Triaxia in partnership with crew. So there's there's been um, that's a very helpful framework, and there's trust and communication, all those you know maybe usual suspect pieces of building a healthy organization kind of come out in there, but there's a specific way that they're applied and, and a model that, that is used. So yeah, there is, there is certainly um, tracks to run on within the organization. Cool. And Christy, how about you? One of the things I've been really not struggling with the last year, but learning over the last year is that, um, it's okay to um, form new ideas and have broader perspective um, without taking that in as like being a being self-contradictory. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things when I look back on my last year has been hard is that I had perspectives or made decisions or prioritized certain things with one set of context and then it's important for me as a leader not to double down on those when things change and to be able to adapt and to um, in some ways give myself the flexibility to adapt because I think one of the things that has been hard for me is feeling like I'm saying one thing but nine months ago, I said something totally different. So, oh, interesting. So, so what's changed? And um, being intentional about um, observing those changes 
and communicating with vulnerability and transparency around that, that it doesn't come off as just being inconsistent or unthoughtful or forgetful even, Mm. but to acknowledge, um, you know, last time we talked about this or when this issue was brought up a year ago, here was my position and this is why it's changed. I think that transparency in my own learning and growth has been has been really hard because it feels very vulnerable. Right. Of like I didn't have all the answers and you know what I actually don't have all the answers now. <laughs> but I think I have more than I did before. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. having that self-awareness and being able to say either I made mistakes or I was wrong or my opinion just changed and and that's okay and being okay with that. Yeah, or our reality changed. Right, right. Yep. Very cool. So, Christy, offline you mentioned, and this is a transition uh, a bit of, of our conversation, but offline you mentioned partnering is the future of ministry. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, I think that for um, for ministry, for Christian ministry specifically, right, mm-hmm. um, there are so many needs in the world. There are so many people in the world. And for a lot of our organizations and our ministries that have a heart to um, see a vision as big as the Great Commission fulfilled, Uh um, the only way for us to, I think, walk towards that with as much speed as we can is to do it together. And, um, that by linking arms with other ministries or even other, um, you know, within crew with other ministries of crew, like for athletes in action, what does it mean for us to partner with family life in order to serve all of the needs of somebody in a way that we don't, take on that whole burden ourselves Mm. because we want people to be able to experience God in every aspect of their life. We want people to be able to grow in every direction, you know, relationally, personally, intellectually, whatever. Um, And one of the ways we could approach that as a ministry is to say, well, we need to be able to help everybody do everything so that we can reach everyone. And it's like, no, we probably aren't going to be able to do that, but there might be a like-minded organization that could help us do some of those things. Yeah. And we see this all the time working with a lot of times working with startup organizations that come and say, Hey, we, we focus on this niche. Let's say it's water because that's a popular one. But as we grow, we want to also do um, education. We want to also do housing. We want to also do name, name the vertical. Right. Uh, they right. want to add all these things rather than, than saying, Hey, let's, let's focus on water, have that be our niche, um, and partner with other organizations that are already established, already good at what they do and, and can come in and handle housing come can come in and handle education and together we can all be way more effective um, working in that type of partnership um, 
approach. And I, th- I think a lot of times, I don't know, you guys maybe be able to speak to this better, but there's a fear of going down that road because I don't want to ask your, like we're going to, there's going to start being crossover of asking donor, the same donors mm-hmm. for funds. And, and I, I think that's a big um, barrier that we as organizations and nonprofit Christian nonprofits need to get beyond is, is that, that like God's got enough. He's not worried mm-hmm. about providing for each of our organizations. He's, if he's called us to these things, he's going to provide and being able to, to step beyond that barrier and say, okay, I'm going to trust that he's going to provide if I partner with this, with this other organizations that, that is good at education or good at housing. Uh, I can trust that he's going to provide for that organization and he's going to provide for my organization. Um, I, I, maybe there's other barriers, but that's what we see a lot of times. So can you guys speak to that or, um, maybe speak to where you've seen this idea really prevalent and, and being executed well, um, whether it's within the crew um, organization and, and group of partnerships or outside of that. Yeah, maybe I'll take a stab at it. But um, I, yeah, when I saw this question, I, I thought it was a, a really good one that Christy raised because I think it's, it's a little bit of, I think what I was referring to earlier in terms of just the, the slowdown in process to do it together. Um, it requires, I mean, I think you touched on a couple of things. It requires a lot of trust of other people, mm-hmm. right? And other, you know, partners, whether that's an individual or a ministry. And it certainly requires trust that the Lord is who he says he is mm-hmm. and that he's going to, that it's his work and it's not my work. And, um, and so I, th- I think there's a lot of those things that kind of really get challenged in going into partnership, as Christy mentioned. It's very vulnerable. Now everybody knows what I don't know, and uh, now everybody realizes that I can't do it um, on my own or we can't do it on our own. And so I, I think, but I think what's amazing about it is that if we slow down to partner and to work together the people that we're trying to serve are served so much better, right? Like I think of, I think of um, some of my favorite disciples, just kind of in one-on-one relationships. The best ones that I've experienced were the ones that could point me to other people and other things, and they realize that they didn't have all of the answers in and of themselves. It's not like, hey, you know, hey, David, read my book, and when you're done reading my book, attend my seminar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, uh, that would be a. I, from my perspective, it wouldn't be a very good discipleship relationship. But in, in, in developing people and helping them orient their lives towards the Lord, that requires, that's a whole body of Christ kind of effort to do both for those we serve and for ourselves. I think of how many different people, resources, ministries have poured into me to develop me to who I am. And I still have eons to go to become whoever the Lord wants me to be. Mm-hmm. So. That's funny, David, because you started talking. I was like, well, it really, we're here. We are already at human centered design, user centered design (laughs) of even in like the position of of partnering is really saying, I'm going to put the person I'm serving in the middle of my strategy and my decision making. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put their interests and their needs and their growth above my business outcomes. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that might be by bringing someone else into their life 
or another organization. I also think um, when it comes to donors that we don't give our donors as much credit as they deserve. They're smart people. They're Mm -hmm. engaged people. They're thoughtful people. And um, from my perspective and from our experiences working with major donors, that partnering is seen as a very positive asset for a ministry to have. Um, from a donor perspective, they want to know that you're not just an island. They also want to know that you are connected to other ministries that are um, have good reputations, that are aligned missionally, that are um, yeah serving kind of the same core motivation of the donor. That that it feels like a territorial perhaps loss experience for us as a ministry, but from the donor's perspective, it's a really big value add. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners, you've seen with AIA and crew that donors, especially those large donors appreciate that you guys pursue that partnership rather than backing off from it. Yes. I think that's really important for listeners to hear because um, yeah, there is that fear that, Oh, they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to introduce this donor to another organization because they might take their funds that they're giving me and invest in another organization. Whereas there might be like, well, no, you you might just be doubling down on, on their investment and partnership in both of your organizations and allowing, Mm -hmm. allowing that donor, like you said, let's give them credit. They're very smart people. They're very thoughtful and, and plugged in people who, um, who want to be in partnership with um, amazing organizations. And when they can see that you're getting away from focusing on yourself to this partnership model, which at the end of the day is how we're called to function within the church, right? The hands and feet and eyes, they're all different talents and giftings and abilities. God created us to work together in that community. I think the, that same principle fits perfectly within the parachurch community and, and within organizations that can partner together and, and one be a foot and one be a hand and one be an eye. Um, and so if, if your our donors see that we're pursuing that call, um, there's, we feel, and, and I'm, not, I'm sure it sounds like you guys feel the same way that donors are going to be all for that and, and want to invest even more in that um, rather than, you know, being, f- we have no need to be fearful that they're going to um, pursue something else. And even if even if they do, at the end of the day, like you said, David, God is big enough and is going to provide if if He wants your ministry to succeed, right? So mm-hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, Christy, have you seen outside of the crew network? Have you seen this uh, being done successfully? Can you point to some places that? Some organ- groups of organizations that you can say, these guys are doing it really well. This group of organizations is partnering really well. And it may not exist. I- I've Yeah, I'm trying to think of, I know of a lot of networks where people are, people, organizations are, um, you know, friendly with each other. I'm trying to think of an example that is... Um, tangible here well, i know the one that comes to mind is actually every campus and where every campus. yes yeah that's good i'll let you share about that though no you should you have more familiarity <laughs> i have some i i probably can't do it justice at all because i'm not directly involved but um 
a few years ago, Crew and InterVarsity committed to reaching the campuses ultimately around the globe, but starting with um, campuses in the U.S., so uh-huh. student ministry, really, and the things that surround that. So that's obviously faculty and staff as well, not just um, enrolled students, but okay. um, committed to reaching, um, setting a goal of reaching every campus in the U.S., so kind of doing a phased approach, starting with prayer walks, trying to prayer walk every single campus in the United States, and then going from there to launching gospel movements in, um, in, in each of those campuses. And so already a, a, a huge step. These are two very established, mammoth-sized you know, Christian ministries coming together and kind of putting down some of the, um, probably more than anything, the strategic differences um, in how to approach campus and just different callings and specific callings in, in that ministry and saying, we want to do this together. Um, but it didn't stop there. They have now invited, I don't know how many, I want to say 20 to 30 other ministries in to be a part of that vision of reaching um, students and really the campus and all the things that kind of are in that environment and doing it together. So if you look on their website, I think it's everycampus.us, if I'm not mistaken. Um it, 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 there's all the logos kind of down at the bottom that show um, who is a part of this partnership and doing it together. And to me, this is, it's, it is so significant to see all of these ministries coming together to say that, Hey, we can't do it, you know, by ourselves. Um, we need to become the body of Christ to do this. Mm. So that's one that I get very excited about. And then as I hear updates about how many, campuses are being prayed for so as of today 2229 campuses um, are remaining so roughly they've done roughly 2700 campuses they've prayer walked already um, and this is since the past two and a half years I want to say that's that's amazing and committing to doing it together um, yeah. I think is really significant so and it's been very motivating for donors. Yes, that's that's to great. To go back to what we yeah, were talking about. More to that, yeah. I have another example. So I was um, globally, Wycliffe and the Jesus Film Project, or even the, I know the Jesus Film Project also works with Pioneer Bible Translators, mm-hmm. but in reaching unreached people groups that require translation to hear the gospel for the first time, the um, organizations like that partner on the ground every single day. Um, That's awesome. So. And, and if if I can speak to that from uh, knowing a large donor who looks for, um, I won't name names because he's he's got re- relationships with some very large organizations, so I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but... He looks for organizations that are great at what they do and is trying desperately to bring these organizations together, uh, specifically in one region of the world, um, where all these organizations that he's got relationships with are already working. They're already there. They're already established. He's trying to get them to come together and partner together uh, and do what they're good at, but he's having... a really difficult time. So there exists donors and specifically in this case, large donors who want to see this 
happen, um, and ministries are pushing back at it. And so uh, I guess the encouragement to the listeners would just be like, look for those opportunities to partner with organizations because donors exist. And I would, I would venture to say there's no, I don't have stats on this and I'm sure you guys don't either, but um, donors would love to see organizations partnering together and, and bonding together to be more effective at, 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 at the end of the day, sharing the gospel and making disciples. So um, those donors exist, they're out there and they're trying to do cool stuff um, if we can get out of our way, out of the way of ourselves and and step into that partnership, I think it could be powerful for ultimately mm-hmm. for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy, offline, you also mentioned, and this is a bit of a transition, but um, how modern marketing strategy trends are missional opportunities in disguise. Can you walk us through uh, that a little bit? Yeah, I think in ministry, when we envision marketing, we envision like Mad Men kind of stuff. <laughs> um, that is perhaps um, manipulative or um, like hard sales, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Um, but what is happening in the world of marketing, at least that I'm observing, um, some of it relates to a a user-centered approach and an audience-centered approach. Um, I think um, so. That's one of kind of the trends, and then I think the other trend around content marketing is really, really great for ministries. Um, so, in content marketing, the kind of the motions that you go through would be like, okay, what does an audience, a persona a segment need that we could offer to them as um, a way to initiate a relationship. Um, so this is where you'll see, you know, white papers or webinars or um, free eBooks, um, stuff like that. Like Donald Miller does this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's great for ministries because I think if um, regardless of which space you're in, you can offer something to an individual around their personal growth. You could inform them on whichever um, issue your organization focuses around. You could, um, you know, partner with another organization to offer them some sort of content. Um, But I think that's really cool because in ministry, how great is it that our first interaction with somebody would be to give something to them, mm-hmm. um, which if you look at the second kind of trend around like audience focused marketing or um, even like with, I guess within marketing, you would talk about targeted um marketing and uh, um, clear audience segments, which all that really means is that you are just intentional about who you're talking to and you have some um, information based understanding on what their needs are, whether that's from their demographics or their um, maybe their giving history or the way they engage with your social profile. Um, you can, you can get an idea of what people are looking for and you can be responsive to that by um, creating something specifically to meet that need. 
Um, and I just think that's a really great posture for ministries to have in their marketing. And it's something that everyone and their dog is doing, whether or not they are marketing like cauliflower pizza crust or um, professional consulting. It's, it's totally, you know, oh, what's it? infiltrated marketing practices is this targeted content offers. Are you seeing this? Uh, these are all familiar trends that I see a lot in the commercial space, but are you seeing this within the ministry space as well? I think um, some. I know that different um, ministries within crew do this um, differently. Um, I think it's hard because as a ministry we're so passionate about our vision and we're, we feel the urgency of the work that we need to do mm. that we often lead our communication by talking about ourselves. Right. Instead of coming at it in a way that um, indicates to somebody that we have some understanding of who they are and what their needs are and that we want to journey with them instead of just shove our stuff down their throat and hope they like it and perhaps stick with us. Mm. So it's an, it's an approach that provides value to the donor before there's ever an ask. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about donor marketing, definitely. Um, one of our end of year campaigns is a, our first offer is a content offer. It's an ebook to like surviving the stress of the holidays. Basically, and are you seeing um, a lot of engagement with that? Um, we ha- we launch in two days. Oh, okay. Um, but that is it's a it's a content offer, and then what we'll do for the people who engage with that content, we're going to loop them into an ongoing end of year campaign that is an explicit financial ask. But I don't. It doesn't always have to come down to funding. Mm. You know, you might be. Um, an organization that relies heavily on volunteers or you might be an organization that focuses on community engagement or education around um, specific issues, awareness, um, social issues and things like that. Right. All of those. Yeah. All, in all of those segments, they're the same uh, movements can apply that it doesn't, always have to end with a financial ask. Gotcha. Yeah, I think just to add into that, I, th- I mean, I think there's some really neat ideas baked in there, and I, this is probably a hazard of being a user-centered design person. But um, I, I, it's just I, what I hear as Christy describes that is just getting to know people. So it's kind of a crew has done a lot to shift its posture as kind of as a organization across the different ministries within crew of shifting from a come and join us, which is not a bad thing. Um, but shifting from a come and join to internal speak, we say journey together, but essentially how can we go on your journey wherever God is taking you on your journey? We want to come alongside and, um, do what we can to, in essence, enhance that journey, right? Like, can we provide you resources? Can we provide you experiences? Can we, can we just be your prayer partner, right? And encourage you to just walk with the Lord. 
maybe that's our only um, our, our only engagement together. But it's it's really just looking at how can we continue to provide you value for the things that you value and the things that the Lord has called you specifically to be and to do. So I think that is um, that's really at at the heart of it. And in there, as you seek to know people, there are endless opportunities to give Jesus away, give the gospel away, and, you know, at an abstracted level, just give value away, right? To say, hey, I can, in in an athletes in action context, we want to help you become a better athlete physically, right? We want to help you become a better athlete mentally and, of course, spiritually. Um, So those three kind of components are are in there. And then across crew in, in our city ministry, how can we um, come alongside you in the dynamics of a city or in a campus environment or in a family environment. So all of these different ministries are oriented and continuing to orient around how can we come together and huddle around you, you know, to love on you and care for you and help you become who God is calling you to be. That's the, and that's, I mean, that is marketing principles, not sales principles, I would say, but marketing principles of just we want to come together, get to know you, and if we have something that can be meaningful to you, that's great. If not, we'll encourage you as as you go other places too, which is brings us back to partnering again. Like the whole right. thing, you know, as you go off to one of our other partners that we trust, we've formed relationships, so we can hand you, hand you know, in essence, hand you off to this partner, whoever that might be. Um, and do so responsibly, knowing that we're continuing your discipleship journey, even if it's with somebody else, and that's a partner. Hmm. That's very exciting. Now, from a technology perspective, that's very, very difficult to do. There's right. a <laughs> technology that facilitates that is, I mean, there's there's a, quite a few different things involved to make that happen. And And that's the space that you're working within, is trying to figure out how technology can come alongside that vision. Yeah, so I think that's, you know, that's a lot of connecting systems together so that if one part of our ministry knows an individual, right, so like a hot conversation topic inside the organization is CRM. So, right, so customer relationship management or can whatever version of the acronym you want to use. But how if, you know, if somebody is introduced to the ministry through student ministry or introduced through, you know, athletics ministry, and they don't stay in that stage of life. They move into a city or they, you know, go somewhere else. If we don't know them in another context, we can't continue to serve them. We have to start the relationship over again. So a lot of what we're doing is saying, how can we connect our systems together so we can know somebody, you know, for as much of their journey as possible? Hey, you appeared in a church. That's awesome. We would love to serve you there. Hey, you appeared in a campus context. Hey, you appeared in a, you know, work ministry setting or different things. How can we serve you in all of those places. That's a lot of kind of technology connection. So those are some of the things that we are working on and can, and we have some of those things in place and some we continue to refine. So how do you, how do you guys stay consistent with your communication to donors and to beneficiaries? Um, Maybe having some cross pollination within those communication strategies, but um, with crew, uh, an organization that's min- mission is discipleship making versus another organization that maybe be humanitarian focused first. Like if I'm an or- leading an organization that's rescuing those that are trafficked, um, my communication, um, 
and my content strategies and all the things that we talked about providing value, uh, all that communication is going to be like for crew, it's all consistent with discipleship making because that's, that's what we're doing as, as an organization. We can provide that same content strategy to our donors because um, we've already created that content strategy for our beneficiaries. But for a humanitarian organization who's, who's got uh, their donor base and the beneficiaries are very different. Um, they need to communicate differently to those two areas. How, how do you function within that? Or how would you guys recommend organizations that are in that space function um, or maybe get some guidance for their strategies that they could use for, for those two different segments and, and two different value propositions? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it certainly does. I, I probably just want to clarify one piece in there that in terms of where crew organizationally is, is we are figuring out how to make those things. So I think Christy and I very much talk about our desired future state and where we see those things having a lot of consistency between kind of our, our donor audience, our ministry, as the crew calls them, our ministry partners, right? So our ministry partner audience and those that we serve, right? So we want to bring those things more consistently together. That's our desired state. And I think we're making great strides to get there. But I don't think any of us feel like we're there yet. Um, and so I think there's there's probably a lot more similarity than maybe we described earlier between us and, you know, more <laughs> traditional kind of cause-based organizations as well. So, yeah. so you guys are like Christy you're still in moving that. in that direction. Certainly. Yeah. I think um, – so one of the things that that our team has – um, put into practice over the last year. Um, as we think about our donor segment um, is that we want to um, meet the need that we know they have that they've signaled by donating. Um, so by donating, somebody is signaling I'm um, aligned with your mission. I'm um, trust you. I have seen your impact. Um, I'm, I think that what you do is important. Um, you can kind of assume those things from, from your donor segment. Right. And so we are, the bulk of our communication to our donors is in support of that knowledge about them. So we give them updates from across the ministry Meanwhile, we're also looking at um, what can we learn about them by offering other things that we can offer with integrity. So Athletes in Action, we have resources for coaches. We have some helpful articles for parents of athletes. And sprinkled in with our ministry stories, our updates, our like report backs for donors, we offer them something else that will serve them potentially which will also increase our knowledge about our donors. Uh So um, going back to our end of year campaign, for example, we um, have a year of email marketing history that we looked at when we um, planned this campaign, what types of causes um, were our donors most interested in? Mm. Then we looked at, um, what do we know about the demographics of our donor segment? 
And then we um, ran a couple of um, backend kind of data finding to see what we could learn about them based on their address and email address and stuff like that, which helped us understand what some of their needs might be um, if they have four or more children in the house or if they are concentrated in specific geographic locations. Okay. Then we surveyed them. And with a simple five question survey, tried to understand what is motivating to you about athletes in action and also what resources would be helpful to you? How can we serve you? And so we looked at all of that information to design our end of year campaign. And that informed, you know, what ebook are we giving away? Who are we partnering with to meet that need? We're partnering with family life to do that. Um, and then at the end of that, Hmm. what kind of, um, charitable cause are we putting in front of them because within AIA you know we could ask for money for almost anything but we want to match the, what that ask is with what we know the needs and the motivations and the heart of donors are based on all of that information I think Chrissy I think that's really key right so I think it's it's not as it's not as obvious as offering the same thing to the beneficiary and the donor right but I think at the I think what you're describing there is that significant, I mean, that's a significant amount of work to get to know donors and say, what are you motivated by? What do you care about? You know, what are your circumstances that you're in? Right. So, I mean, there's donors are coming from every which way and it's, they're not all large donors. Some people are, I mean, in, in a very real sense, giving very, very sacrificially right towards the ministry and, what the Lord has called them in their role to be. So I think getting to know them and connecting them to the points of value. And sometimes that value is a story, giving them a story of a life changed and helping them connect the impact of what they've done. It's not that they're looking for, you know, athletics training. That's, you know, that's, that's not necessarily it. Um, And that comes in, in many different ways. So I think, you know, in, in a in a cause-based organization or in a um, humanitarian organization, it's not to say that, you know, digging, a, you know, the same person giving to dig a well also needs a well dug for them, right? That's not, those aren't the same, but connecting those things, that's at the heart of, hey, we desire this thing and here's how you plug into it and here's how you plug into it or here's how you receive from it. Um, but I think what I see so often is, the, the posture of, you know, different organizations can often be, let me tell you about all the awesome things we're doing and why they're so awesome and why you should think they're awesome and why you should give to all this awesome stuff. And that is not to be dismissive or disrespectful of those that are entering in that posture, but it's, it is certainly not considering how somebody connects to that story. That's that's a significant gap there. So making that connection to the story, I think, is really, really important. I think maybe this example is helpful, too. So in this same end-of-year campaign, the thing that we're offering for free is this holiday survival ebook, basically. And so um, we, by doing all of that research, know that our target audience is about 60% women 
We know they're 45 and older. We know that they have some kids at home. But we also, so we want to um, speak to them about their reality. What does it look like for our this target audience going into the holidays? Stress, managing a lot of stuff, so all that, da, 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 da. But then how do we show up in a way that introduces our mission? So one of the pieces in this ebook is how to connect with the athletes at your table. And it just gives people really simple, practical questions so that when I'm talking to my nephew, instead of saying, hey, what was your record? I can ask them a more um, intentional question so that I can connect more deeply with them around sport. So here's AIA showing up. Um, with our sport focus, right? But we're still meeting a need of our target audience, which is to connect with people around them over the holidays. Yeah, that goes back to, and I don't know if we've talked about this in this discussion yet, but viewing your your donor as the hero in the story of how you communicate and you are that guide, guiding them along in that journey. And so every touch point, every com- form of communication is is guiding them and leading them rather than talking about yourself as the hero and look at us, here's all the things that we've done and you can partner with us in this um, flip-flopping that communication and, and placing the donor as the center of the story. Um, and then in addition to that, with back to your content strategy stuff, um, we like to categorize things into inspiration, education, um, and information. So all of your communication with your donors uh, there's within those three things, education, informing and inspiring. I can, I can tell stories that I, that inspire. I can educate on maybe my cause and I can inform on the happenings of the organization and provide a ton of value within sharing that content on a consistent basis ever without making a financial ask. Uh, and there's within those three categories, all kinds of opportunities that we can be providing content and value um, and, and having interactions with um, donors having interactions with our ministry brands that um, isn't tied to some financial ask. Uh, do you guys, do you guys have like a, a, a principle or a, a limit to how many communications you have with a donor before you ever make a financial ask? Like, are you having 10 contacts with a donor bef- and, and within those 10, one is a financial ask or is, or is that not, something that you guys do, either Crew or AIA? I couldn't speak to other fundraising teams within Crew. For us, we recognize that if we're, there are people who are naturally very aligned with their cause and are ready right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we run those kinds of campaigns. Um, but we focus more on building audiences around how we can serve them. And then about every quarter we'll put a, a financial ask out there for our audiences who are not currently donors. Once you donate, we're talking to you at least once a month about giving again. Mm. Um, but before you donate, it's about quarterly. If you're in any of our ongoing communication streams, if that donor is a monthly donor, a reoccurring donor, what's your communication strategy look like for them? We um, have two monthly emails for our current donors. Just upkeep and, and communicating the stories of how God's working through AIA. 
a combination of that with other um, offers. So like um, for Giving Tuesday, I'm, we um, were able to work with Family Life to offer a discount code for a weekend to remember. So that's going to our donor audience. Gotcha. Uh, as one of our monthly touch points with them. Awesome. And David, can you speak to that for crew? I can't. Fund development and crew is out of my wheelhouse. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly I have visibility to it, but it's not from a strategic perspective. It's not an area that I'm particularly engaged with. There's a, it's kind of interesting how we're positioned just kind of centrally in the organization to work with all the different ministry parts, the ones that are branded crew and the ones that are not branded crew. So yeah, I, I don't have a lot of insight to give there. Interesting. Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you guys. I, th- I think that's all the time that we have. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm respectful of your guys' time. And so thank you so much for being on the show. Can I pray for crew and AIA and, and you guys as um, we go off this call? Yes, we will receive it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Father, I just lift up David and Christy as uh, they go about their days and weeks uh, leading their teams. I pray that you would give them guidance and, and direction and, and um, help them to execute, execute on their, their vision that you've given them. I pray that um, you would bless these two organizations. Crew and AI are doing amazing uh, work all around the world. And so I pray that you would just continue to work through these amazing organizations. Um, thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing, that you've invited us into your story. And um, that is just something that is so incredible that you've asked us to be a part of that. And so thank you. Um, and uh, I just pray for David and Christy as they go about their their days. And um, Yeah. Amen. Thank you guys so much. How can uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you or follow along with what you guys are doing with AIA and crew? Well, we're going to undergo a massive website overhaul here, so I hesitate to say visitathletesconnection.org. <laughs> and how about you, yeah, David? I mean, you can certainly follow. I mean, yeah, I mean, we have all of our main channels very public. Um, yeah. Individually. I don't know. I don't know that I bring much value as an individual. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as crew, they can they can follow along with what crew yeah, is they doing be, for sure. I'm always certainly happy to entertain emails or LinkedIn messages. <laughs> Twitter's not my game. Facebook messages, Instagram, all of those different channels. I am in in those different places. Email address is simple. First last name at crew.org. So. Um, very easy. If you want to stick those in your show notes, always happy to talk about clearly human centered design. (laughs) (laughs) That's something we care about, but yeah, technology and and all of those pieces in a ministry space. I think crew is very unique in its technology set. So that's, I'm happy to entertain those things from, you know, on, on a large scale organization, um, handling technology and, different pieces there and kind of the complexities there. And then all the way to um, a lot of characteristically very small business oriented endeavors inside of crew. It's just a whole lot of them. And so it's not, it's not as being in a large organization is, you know, maybe some people think it's different, but it's not quite as different as, as um, may seem on, you know, kind of at a outside appearance. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate your time. And I think that this is going to provide our listeners with a ton of value. So thank you so much. And um, 
we wish you guys the best and we'll be praying for you and your organizations. Thanks, Zach. Cool, thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.